Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to our Odd Pod podcast. A podcast dedicated to the odd, the macabre, and everything in between. And everything in between. Welcome back to the sounds of our voice. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> it's me, Billy. And it's Felicia. And Allegedly. we're sorry. What are we sorry for? You're welcome or we're sorry. I don't know. However, Let's go ch- with both. You're welcome that we're here again. We're sorry for anything we may or may not say in the following hour (laughs) yeah it's gonna be a doozy is it gonna be a doozy it's gonna be a doozy this is an episode where i have no fucking idea what we're talking about until recently i guessed a little bit not not even what we're talking about just like yeah the subject matter you did really well because you made a comment yeah and it clued me in well that's my bone. Those are my bones cracking. cracking. Yeah, I was doing it too. I was like, mm. sometimes I back away from the mic and do one of these. Ugh. But you can still hear it. <laughs> my bones. <laughs> it feels like it's been a while since we recorded, and I guess it has. Has it? Yeah. When's the last time we recorded? Because we did have an episode last week. I know. It feels like we've lived like an entire existence between last episode and this one. Yeah, because we recorded what? Was it Monday? I mean, Tuesday. Yeah, of well, last we had a week. whole life since then. And then we went on vacation. We're and brand new people now. We're not brand new people. Actually, I'm Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to do this topic. I wanted to do it before we went to New Orleans. We went to New Orleans, by the way. Yes. On um, vacation. I wanted to do this before we went to New Orleans. And it just didn't happen that way because of the way my brain is set up. But I wanted to like walk past this house and like, talk about it but then i could we couldn't do it so whatever so i'm gonna tell you about it now did we not walk past the house at all no we did not we walked near it near it but never passed it never passed it like two ships (laughs) yeah so but we did get to do a lot of fun things in new orleans um yeah we walked past the lowry mansion Mm -hmm. and took a picture and took a picture uh, I'm sure the owners of the house loved that. But well, you know they probably what? weren't home if anything we've learned recently. Deal with it. <laughs> um, you have a famous house in the French Quarter. Like, what do you want? Yeah, no, and I, I felt nice, walk, I don't know, being a tour guide for our friends, I guess. Yeah. Here's all this useless information about New Orleans that I have. Let me relay it to you. Colin and Kelsey, you're welcome. Do they listen? I think so. I know Colin used to. Oh, well, howdy. I hope you're listening now. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I had a lot of fun, and yeah. it was a lot of fun. We saw a lot of crazy stuff. Went to the Museum of Death. Yeah, the Pharmacy Museum. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of museums. Lots of museums. It was fun being a tourist in a place that I don't really feel like a tourist in. Yeah, it was nice. It was a good time. Yeah. All right. So back to what we're talking about. Oh, is it not New Orleans? Is that not what we're talking? We about? are talking about New Orleans. So it was relevant, but I don't think people want to hear all about our vacation. Are you sure? Because it was a good time. It was. Um, I do want to talk about something that happened in New Orleans. And uh, we did walk past the place where some of it happened. So you lied? No. Okay. Not necessarily. I'm watching you. Okay. 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 I want to talk about Addie Hall and Zach Bowen. I know about this. Do you? No. 
His would, names mean nothing to me. I wouldn't be surprised if you did know about it. I've never heard of these people. Okay, well, real quick, let's introduce our characters. Because this reads like a horror movie. Or like a, um, a thrill. I don't know. Some kind of, it reads like a movie. It's crazy. Well, you had my attention. Now you have my interest. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so Addie Hall was described as a feisty, free-spirited, independent artist. At the time of her death, she was only 29. Or 28, I can't spoiler, remember. Spoiler, she dies. Yeah, spoiler, she does not make it. Um, she had moved to New Orleans after having a rough go at it in her home state in North Carolina. There was just too much raising up going on. People taking their shirts off, twisting them around their head like a helicopter. I don't think she had the best life in North Carolina. Guess not. Um, I know she went through like a string of like abusive relationships. Well, you that's, know. that's probably much worse. Yeah. Than just people raising up. Yeah. Okay. Um. So she moved down to New Orleans to start her life as an artist. Good. Was she an artist before, or she's like, I'm gonna go to New Orleans and be an artist? Probably before. Okay. Um, just making sure. I think for the most part, she was enjoying herself. She was a poet, an artist, a dancer, a steam, a seamstress, and a bartender in the French Quarter. Wow. She's just like a Jill of all trades. A, yeah, Jill of all trades. I love that. <laughs> She had a lot going for her. She made when she first got there. She made tons of friends. I bet uh, you. I I'm willing to bet that if you went to moved to New went to New Orleans for like a, any extended period of time, you'd make a lot of friends. Yeah, I would. I would think so. But um, okay. Yeah. She typically stayed away from relationships because she had previously been through a string of abusive relationships that friends had left her with PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just like wasn't about it at that time. You know what? That's okay. We're not going to judge her. Yeah, you don't have to be defined by relationships. You're allowed to be your own independent person. Right. Okay, so like a ton of people who lived down in the French Quarter, uh, she rode her bike around to get where to where she needed to go, and she often referred to herself as a quartertician. Uh, what's that mean? Um, she said it meant that someone who belonged in and was a part of the French Quarter. Oh, okay. I like that. Like, that's cute, right? Yeah, I really like that. She worked in a bar called the Spotted Cat Music Club. Um, it's still open. What year was this? 2006. Okay, so, so not... It's fairly a, recent. Not a very, very long time ago. Yeah. The murder takes place in 2006. So... Okay. Just keep that in mind. I'm keep... It is relatively recent, yeah. but we're going to be respectful about it. Well, of course. We were actually near the Spotted Cat Music Club when we visited the Lallery Mansion. Okay. Um, if we had just gone like a block over and down a few blocks, we would have been there. At the, like the front door. And here my feet thought that we had been all over the French Quarter. <laughs> um, and as much fun as that lifestyle looks, I imagine it's hard AF. Like, ugh. It sounds like she was really busy. She was putting in the work at, the, at first. Like, um, just from like, um, I don't know, like from the outside looking in, I saw a lot of that putting in the work. Like a few people that we kept encountering throughout our our trip yeah we're like really doing the work big if you time. remember our waiter and bartender dean yes was at work at one place in the afternoon at 11 in the afternoon before noon at 11 30 and then when we went out he was our bartender at a different bar at like 11 30 p.m <laughs> and then the next day for breakfast he was a waiter again yeah so i know he doesn't listen to this but if he ever finds himself listening to this 
We see you, Dean. Yeah, we see you. We appreciate you. Yeah. Holy shit. You are busting ass. Yeah. Um, and he looked fabulous doing it. Like, Mike, I'm how? saying, it's like he just rolled out of bed and was like, fabulous. Yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry. Enough about Dean. I love your hair, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I imagine it's hard because, like, you know, things are expensive down there. Um, yeah. It, it, I assume it's a rough life. To yeah. even like attempt to be success- successful down there. Yeah, can so, only imagine. Yeah. Um, but Addie had a dark side to her as well. Um, she, like many other, had her had her vices. She would drink, and when she would drink, she would drink a lot. Yeah. Um, her friends said that when she got drunk, it was like borderline abusive. Like she was borderline abusive when she was drunk? Yeah. Um, she would take that one thing that hurts you more than anything and use it against you. Not a great. That's not a good look, Addie. No. Her name's Addie. 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 Come on, girl. And eventually, that's what she became known for. So she's actually started like losing people in her life because you know people aren't about being you know called names and shit. Turns out, if you verbally abuse people enough, in most cases, they stop coming around. Yeah. So like in her later years, when it got really bad, she was getting into bar fights. Uh, cocaine was being introduced. Damn. Uh. She wasn't exactly hanging out with the best of crowds. And Doesn't sound like it. At some point, she was like, di- I think she. they said she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a lot of things that comes to like mental health, you, if you irregularly take your medicine, it kind of messes with things. And probably cocaine's not great for that. Probably not great. So like whenever she was like untreated, you have like those angry, uncontrolled outbursts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just not like a great situation to begin with. Right. Now, on the other hand, we mm. have Zach Bowen. 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 Either way. We, it doesn't matter. He does matter. I mean, like, he murders someone, right? Yes. Okay. Well, like, I think we were allowed to mispronounce his name. Okay. But we'll get to it. Okay. Okay. So Zach Bowen, on the other hand, was described as a charismatic, charming, and rather good-looking man who left an impression on everyone he met. Oh. Are we talking about Zach or are we talking about Billy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Zach grew up in California (laughs) and have like that laid-back attitude that you would kind of expect from someone growing up at the beach. Yeah. Um, And for all records, he was a pretty good kid in school. Pretty chill dude who did well in school. Yeah. Okay. Um, During his high school days, he moved to New Orleans to live with his dad. There was something going on with his parents. Okay. I didn't feel like getting like way too deep into it because like we could have been here all day talking about it. But TLDR, his mom lived in California. His dad lived in New Orleans. Yeah. So he moved to New Orleans where he ended up dropping out of high school and took on a job as a bartender down in the French Quarter. Oh. Mind he dropped you. out of high school and became a bartender? Yeah. How does that work? It, it, it's, I feel like Can you I, sell? I, I don't know how how it goes, like to be honest. Uh-huh. But um I would assume it was probably like under the table paid work. Yeah. I would assume it's under the table work. Maybe. Now, do you know can you sell alcohol when you're 18? I know you can. If you work at like a convenience store, right? I have no idea. I did not look up the laws when it comes to this. I just know that he was a bartender at the age of 18. Okay. Well, I'll allow it. Anybody know? Dean? 
Are you listening? <laughs> um, he was working at one of the to-go bars when he would meet a girl named Lana. Um, Which Lana, is not the girl we're talking about. No, Lana was visiting New Orleans. Um, Lana was like feeling the French Quarter and was like thinking about like moving there. Cause, you know, like it's a vibe. It has that kind of effect on you. Like it casts a spell on you. Yeah. Because it's literally all I've been able to think about <laughs> since we got back is moving to New Orleans. New Orleans. I told you I was going to make you fall in love with the city. Yeah. And I think I succeeded. Yeah, well. We'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lana's feeling the French Quarter. She meets Zach. Uh, they start dating-ish. And Lana ends up pregnant. Oh, no. Yeah. What's um, the guy's name? Jack? Zach. Zach. Ugh. Zach. Oh, Lana's also 28. And he's 18. Yeah. So he impregnated someone much older than him. From what I could tell... Lana did not know Zach was 18. Okay. And I'm going to guess that he did not realize she was 28. <laughs> Do you think she knew that he was not using a condom? Or maybe they were. They're not always effective. I'm just assuming. I'm not going to get too deep into their personal lives. I'm just assuming protection. Either way, Lana, Lana ends up pregnant. <laughs> I'm just saying, practice safe sex, guys. It's not about just not having babies. It's also about not spreading diseases. Yes. Um, so this terrified Zach, <laughs> because after all, he is 18. He's going to be like a teenage father. Um, but after his son was born, he was like instantly on board with the whole thing. Okay. Um, he really stepped up to the play. They, him and Lana ended up getting married. They had another wow. child together. Wow. Yeah, he joined the army for the benefits it could provide for his family. So did Lana stick around, I guess, in New Orleans? Yeah, so they ended up staying there. Okay. Um, Zach Bowen was an active duty mil member of the military, and he ended up serving in Iraq and Kosovo. Kosovo. Kosovo, thank you, pre-9-11. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, and immediately after that national tragedy, like many others, he suffered PTSD when one of his fellow soldiers died along with the death of a child who he had befriended that was killed for talking and playing with American soldiers. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, it is sad. Um, one experience that his friend said messed him up the most was when a girl he had befriended in Iraq was killed along with her whole family when the family's shop was bombed. Oh. Yeah. Um, and just so we're all on the same page, I just want to mention like what PTSD can do to somebody uh -huh. like in case you just like aren't aware ptsd can have like long lasting negative effects on one's mental state cause sleep issues anger nightmare um jumpiness and alcohol and drug abuse mm -hmm. yep um so zach's not really feeling the whole army thing anymore and he starts to purposely fail his health and fitness test so he could go back home and be with his family right um it worked but he was, instead of honorably discharged, he was generally discharged. Okay. Um, despite earning a NATO medal, NATO. 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 And the president, presidential unit citation for his service. Um, even his commanding officer recommendation was that he be honorably discharged, um, which meant that, but since he was only generally discharged, he qualified for VA benefits, but he could not get the GI Bill. Education benefits. That's kind of fucked up, yeah. And that left him very bitter. 
Because if you remember, he dropped out of high school. Yeah. So. I mean, like, not getting your GI Bill benefits would be kind of like a big deal. Yeah. Especially because, like, it's general. It's not bad conduct. It's yeah, just he wasn't, like, discharge. dishonorably discharged. It was just generally. I didn't know what the difference were, and I didn't bother to look it up either, but. Um, I think the main difference is usually in some of the cases I've heard of, like people I've known, mm -hmm. if they stay out of trouble for so much time, the general can be turned oh. into an honorable discharge. Oh, really? I think so. Don't quote me because it's just my very limited experience. Yeah. I've never been in the army. I don't know anything about it. So like just reading what I was read or read. I got you. Reading what I... Reading what I read. Yep. There it is. Thank you. Brain <laughs> we, no work no more. I think we both just woke up from a nap and we are not functioning at full capacity. And we kind of just like jumped right into it. I so know. You're welcome. <laughs> we do all of our best work this way. Yep. All right. So Lana was not happy about Zach being discharged from the military. Um, she was like, what the fuck? We have two kids. This is going to work. Because <laughs> like he was going to go back to bartending. Lana was going to go back to dancing. Okay. Right. So she was a dancer? She was a dancer. I failed to mention that. She's not a very important piece to this puzzle. but She was a dancer. She was a dancer. She danced. I want to say she's not an important person. She is, just not. Not specifically to this story. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, Lana leaves Zach. I know. They were so happy together. Where did she leave him? In New Orleans. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Zach was devastated, mm -hmm. lonely. Um, so lonely. So lonely. He tried to transition back into civilian life, but that good old PTSD was just hanging around. Oh, yeah. Um, so he found like a bunch of odd jobs around the French Quarter. Um, eventually, he would go back to bartending. He worked the very late shift to the early morning shift at the Spotted Cat Music Club. Hey, we talked about this we earlier. We did. I think he worked like the 2 to 10 shift. 2 a.m. to 10 a.m.? Yes. That sounds like a good shift. Um, Yeah. You would love that, I think. Yeah. Um, they said that this bar in particular was like good for locals, uh -huh. people that were like getting off late yeah. that worked in the French Quarter. Yeah. They'd go hang out there. Oh, okay. So he was making like really good money. Local bar. It's like for the late nighters. For the late nighters, early morning. -ers. Looking at you, Mike and Dean. <laughs> off work, going to the bar. I know. Okay, so uh, now guess who else works at the Spotted Cat Music Club? Addie. Addie works at the Spotted Cat Music Club. She's... She worked the 10 a.m. to whatever. Okay, so she relieved him. Pretty much, yeah. Um, And Addie wasn't all that into him at first. She's just not that into you. Right, so that intrigued him because, of course, it He's did. He's like, oh, the most sensual game. Jesus. Good Jesus. <laughs> um, it's a game of love. <laughs> so Addie worked after Zach's <laughs> shift. So Zach would stay after his shift and just talk to Addie. Um, and Addie liked to give him a hard time and played like the mean girl. Mm -hmm. Which apparently she's actually good she at. She is actually a mean girl. She, I used to like kind of like test him or tease him. I don't know. And eventually Addie agrees to go out on a date with Zach. So, this is all happening in 2005. They had been dating for a few weeks before Katrina hit. Mm -hmm. And Zach and Addie decided to stick it out down in the French Quarter. Oh. While Katrina's coming. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
Shit. Yeah. It's a big uh, plot twist there I wasn't expecting. That they would stay during Katrina. Yeah. Um. This was after, despite Zach's ex-wife, Lana. I remember her. Yeah. yeah. She offered Zach and them, Zach and Addie, to come stay with her to like get out of the way of the storm. And where were they at the time? I'm not sure where Lana was, but... Probably La- back where she came from, maybe? No idea. But Lana has like his two kids... Lana has his two kids. She's like, hey, your father, don't be stupid, stupid. Your girlfriend can come too. I don't care. And he's like, you know what? I think I'll be stupid. Yeah. Um, but they were all gung-ho for staying. So um, they decided to weather the storm together. Wow. In her apartment. Um, and in case you guys forgot, Hurricane Katrina was a Category 5 hurricane. It devastated New Orleans. Yeah. Well, because the, like, the... It hit directly. And it flooded. A lot. Because the levee broke or whatever. Yeah. Well, I was living in Alabama at the time, and we were without power for, like, seven to ten days, if I remember. Yeah. I lived in Pensacola at the time. Uh, It was coming right at us, if you remember. Yeah. And then it kind of turned at the last minute. Yeah. I'm kind of glad. Yeah. It was like 15 minutes from the beach. Yeah. Yeah. We lived right next to the I'm not water. glad that anyone's home got destroyed. Let me just, you know. What I'm hearing is Billy is a beacon or a hurricane deterrent. I'm just glad that it didn't hit us directly in that shitty little house we were in because we would not have made it. Right. So just if I can imagine like what it was like for us in Alabama or me particularly in Alabama, I know it devastated New Orleans. Yeah. Big time. Like it wiped out areas. Yeah. It took a while too for them to kind of come back from that. Yeah. It was catastrophic flooding and nearly 2,000 people died. A majority of the French Quarter was left relatively unscathed, save for like fallen trees, broken signs, and you know, like flooding. Um, but it left the city without electricity and clean water. But between all the flickering lights and heavy rain, Addie and Zach fell in love. Oh, wow. Um, now, it's a hard time, or a hard to imagine a magical time during the tragedy that was Hurricane Katrina. Um, but Zach and Addie were thriving. Really? At this time. Um, so... They gathered the few people that also waited out the storm and collectively made dinners together over a campfire that they made using an old mattress. Uh-huh. Um, they, drank, they drank booze out of dirty coolers. Um, they stole, looted? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say stolen. Food and alcohol from abandoned bars and stores. Like You need to survive. You need to survive, right? Right. I mean, Looting has such a nasty connotation. It, I didn't know what the correct like use word usage would have been there. They procured. They borrowed. They took what they needed from well, nearby businesses. Yeah. Um, they traded foods for drugs <laughs> and served <laughs> drinks to passerbyers. Oh, wow. They stayed up late singing songs and looking up at the stars that they couldn't see before because of the streetlights. Of the city, and they treated this like an extended camping trip rather than a disaster. Um, and with no bills or jobs to worry about, they were living their best post-apocalyptic romance. But it was very post-apocalyptic. I feel they're really lucky that they were in a place where 
they could not, you know, yeah, get submerged in water. Yeah, no, definitely. They were very lucky. Yeah. Especially since, like, just up the street was, like, terribleness. Just like, awfulness, yeah. yeah. They were very lucky. Um, they were inseparable from that point forward. Um, they even made it to the New York Times. Really? Yeah, they felt like the king and the queen of the quarter. Um, and in order to keep the police patrolling their area, Addie had her ways of making sure they kept coming. And this is an expert from that New York Times article. And what were the ways? Well, let me read it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Some holdouts seem intent on keeping alive the distinct and wild spirit of the city. In the French Quarter, Addie Hall and Zachary Bowen found an unusual way to make sure that the police officers regular, regularly patrolled their house. Miss Hall, 28, a bartender, flashed her breast at the police vehicles that passed by, ensuring a regular flow of traffic. Well, that's very... uh. You know, in the spirit of things, I suppose. <laughs> on Thursday morning on St. Claude Avenue, a commercial strip in the bywater of East Downtown, about 12 people congregated inside and in front of Cajun's Pub, drinking and smoking. Inside, the bar looked dank, but a fan swirled, over, swirled air overhead and a television set in the corner showed local news, both fired by the bar's portable generator. Wow. So, like, they were making do. Yeah. Um. They were completely oblivious to what's going on just blocks away at the Superdome. They were, you said? Um, yeah, what a shit show And like was. surrounding areas. Um, if you imagine when we went to the Lalaurie Mansion and where we caught that Pokemon. Yeah. That's basically. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We were near the Superdome. Okay. So that really wasn't that far. Really? Yeah. You could walk there in what, like 30 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. So eventually reality would set in. The lights in the city would turn back on and the stars they admired left with it. Um, the real cleanup of the city was starting to happen. Their honeymoon period was over. Right. Um, they had to watch as people swept their lives out their front doors. Um, like with a broom and military vehicles moved in and the destruction of Katrina was finally revealed. Mm. Zach's PTSD was in full force now. Because, you know, like military vehicles. And, and also like the devastation. weight of reality coming yeah. back. Yeah. Um, there was like military control. I don't know if you remember them having to bring in like the coast, the National Guard yeah. in to come evacuate people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, just general destruction. Uh, just vast death. Yeah. Zach's mind was in such a vulnerable place. And they're without that high of surviving a hurricane. Right. Um, they went looking for their high in other places and things just went real downhill. Like real fast? Yeah. What are you looking at? There's a large ant on our ceiling. Well, that seems like a weird place for that. <laughs> that is a very large, I wish it would just literally crawl anywhere else. I know. I'm afraid it's going to fall. Should we take care of that? Please. <laughs> and we're back. Did you see that manly shit that just went down? I watched it. Just kidding. Hey, we're back. <laughs> Fresh off the kill. All right. <laughs> so real life put a lot of strain on the two people who already had issues. Um, and it was during the same time that Addie's bipolar disorder went unchecked. Like she let her medication lapse and she just like never went back on it. Right. So well, it was probably hard to get during Katrina. Yeah. That did not help. Okay. So. Many of Zach and Addie's friends remember the fights that they would get into. They did the whole on again, off again thing. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Addie would kick Zach out and then beg him to come home. At one point, they both started doing cocaine. Why cocaine? It just I can just tell that cocaine is not the drug for these people. Yeah. Um, it's expensive, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it can be. I don't know. Either way. I don't know. Um, and it got to the point where Zach's friends did not want to be around Addie, and they often complained about her. Because was she probably doing that mean girl thing that she yeah, did? Yeah, probably doing that mean girl thing. Um, after one of their fights, Addie stormed out with a handgun into the street and got into a fight with some rando. Wow. Yeah, not great. So she got arrested. Who the hell's the rando that's fighting some crazy woman with a gun? At what point do you not have a choice but to fight the woman who came after you with a gun? Oh, she went after them, you think? With yeah. A gun. Oh, okay, well. Fair enough. She left like the apartment heated with yeah. a gun. Probably just like the first person she saw. Poor soul who is like, is this the way to the Cafe Dumont? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a gun. Got <laughs> <Fight> her, Helen. <laughs> oh, so she Sweep got the leg. <laughs> so she got arrested and Zach refused to post her bail. Ooh, power play. Yeah, so uh, her friends had to do it because Zach is already couch surfing right now. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of the on again, off again relationship with Addie. Uh, they break up. He so finds she did have enough friends at least still that would that could bail her out of jail. At at this point, yeah. Okay. Um so in 2006, Zach finally puts one foot out the door in their relationship. Um, he gets into a relationship with a man, and Addie gets pissed about oh, it. Oh, quite a plot twist. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah. But Addie got pissed about it. Yeah. She loses her shit. She causes a public scene, starts calling him homophobic things. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets a hold of his cell phone and calls every woman in his phone and tells them that he has an STD. Wow. You can guess which one. Oh. So this is Lana's back. Oh, which one? Oh, which STD? Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I can. I yeah. can guess which one. Um, she is going off her rockers. Uh, she gets kicked out of her apartment that she's staying at, and she's not working a lot right now, so she's struggling with money. Uh huh. And she's pissed at Zeke. Zeke. At Zeke. She's pissed at Zach for this whole thing. I don't know who Zeke is, but I'm I'm sorry he got New caught character. up in this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I don't know what's going on in Addie's head right now, but she somehow blames Zach for everything that's happening right now. Uh huh. Um. And somehow she convinces Zach to pay for a new apartment for her. Really? Yeah. Wow, master um, manipulator. Well, he's working a ton right now. He's bartending. He's working at a store because he's, well, he's paying child support for his two kids. Right. Um, and he's, he's really doing the most. He's trying to, he, he wants to see his kids. Like, right. He's working a lot. He's paying child support. He wants to make plans with his kids. He doesn't have a lot of, He's he's still couch surfing, so he can't like have his kids come over because he doesn't have a place to stay. Right. So you know he's he's trying his best right now. Yeah. Addie's like, listen, we're gonna get back together. We're gonna make it work in this new apartment. Um, it's gonna be like a clean slate. Everything's gonna be great. Uh huh. 
Um, That's how that works. I'm yeah. sure. Sure, everything worked out fine. Well, yeah, Zach is like cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because he can bring his kids over. He'll have a place to stay. Yeah, and he loves Addie. Zach, so Zach gets a place. They pay two months rent in advance, and mm-hmm. they begin to move in. Okay. Um, but this is all like a really fucked up plan to get back at Zach. So it's all like the long con. Yeah. So on, yeah, on October fourth, Addie went to her landlord to have Zach taken off of the lease. Um, she had gotten the idea that he had cheated on her, and I don't know if that's true or not. But her intentions were to kick him out. Right. And the landlord was like, "Hey, you guys need to figure this out by yourself because that's not how leases work." Good for him or them or whoever they were. Yeah. And that was the last time that anyone other than Zach Bowen saw Addie Hall alive. Yikes. Um, Zach found out about this and he was obviously very angry and inconsolable. Right. So they get into an argument and after a night of fighting, Zach Bowen would strangle his girlfriend, Addie Hall, to death at around 1 a.m. on Thursday, October 5th, 2006. Yikes. Um, he would then commit the very heinous act of sexually defiling the body. And he did that several times before he passed out in the bedroom with Addie still on the futon. So he just really went fully off the rocker. Yeah. Um, and the next day he got up and went to work. Wow. Um, he told his coworkers that he and Addie had broken up again. And when they asked where she was, he said that she had gone back up to North Carolina and apparently that wasn't too out of the ordinary because she could be very unpredictable and had the tendency to run away from situations that she wasn't in control of. Right. So some coworkers remember him acting a little odd, wearing sunglasses and a hat. Others remember him being completely normal. Either way, it took him four days to figure out what to do with the body. Okay. So during those four days, he went about his life as normal. And is the body just chilling on the futon this it whole sure time? It sure is. Okay. Um... Friends who he met with during the two weeks leading up to the next heinous act we're going to talk about um, said he seemed to be in good spirits and even spoke about going on vacation. Okay. Um, but back to, back to the murder, though. Okay, back to the murder. All right, so Zach decided to dismember the body using a hacksaw and a knife. He put her hands and feet into a pot on the back burner on the stove, her arms and legs in a roasting pan inside the oven, he gave her head a terrible haircut and placed it inside of a different pot and put it on the front of the stove. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, he put her torso in a black plastic trash bag in the fridge to be dealt with later. Okay. It was said that his intentions were to separate the bones from the flesh as a means to more easily handle disposing of her body. And, of course, there was like a story that the investigators noticed that there appeared to be seasonings on the limbs. Okay. And the counter next to the stove were like cut up potatoes and carrots. But like, no, that's stupid. Just seems excessive. Well, if you leave a potato out for more than like 30 seconds, it turns brown. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't think that's true. Yeah. And uh, if the limbs were as crispy as they say they were, how the fuck would you notice seasoning on them? Yeah. We're not sprinkling legs. What's it like? like parsley. Throw rock salt on it when he was done, you know? Yeah. Like... No, I don't think that happened. Um, but obviously rumors spread about cannibalism, but there rumors. is no evidence to support that. Rumors do be rumors. Rumors do be rumoring. Um, the autopsy reports that none of her was actually eaten. Okay. We're going to believe the autopsy on this we're one. Gonna, we're going to throw that out there. 
It's like it's not bad enough that he murdered her and then defiled her corpse. Like he also had to eat her. Like come on, yeah. guys. Yeah. No. Like it's fine. Yeah. He didn't. He. I'm. I'm gonna go with he was just purely for like getting rid of the body. Right. Anyways, sorry. On October seventeenth, two thousand six, at around eight thirty p.m., New Orleans police received a call from the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel. Mm-hmm. We walked past it that a man's body had been found on the roof of the parking garage. Zach Bowen had committed one more act of violence by jumping off the seventh floor of the hotel. He jumped from the hotel and landed on the parking garage. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Yeah. Security cameras at the hotel captured Zach Bowen approaching the terrace and looking at it several times before finally finishing his drink and jumping off. Damn. Upon the police arriving, they found the mangled body of Zach Bowen. It was clear that he had died on impact. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, it wasn't clear if this was a murder or a suicide or like tragic accident. Uh, so the first step in these cases is usually to look for an ID. In the man's back pocket, they found a handwritten note, his uh, army dog tags inside of a plastic bag in his back pocket, and the gate keys to Addie's apartment in his front pocket. Okay. The letter was addressed to police only. Uh, this is not an. This is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one that I took. If you send a patrol card to eight twenty six North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend Addie in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge, and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen. Wow. Yeah. Damn. So at the time, the police have no idea what's happened to Addie. Right. So they sent a patrol car to 826 North Rampart Street. And the first thing the police noticed when they got to the apartment was that despite it being a warm October night in the apartment, the the apartment was cold and there wasn't a smell. Mind you, it's been like two weeks. Right. Um, The air conditioning was set to 60 degrees and was on full blast. They described it being cold like a meat locker. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there was no smell of rotting flesh and the bathroom was clean of any lingering blood. The sad display of unopened boxes sat next to the walls in silver colored spray painted words of, I love her, I'm a total failure, and finally look in the oven with an arrow pointed towards the stove door. Wow. Yeah. There they would find Addie's body dismembered and burned beyond recognition. Shit. Um, and as disturbing as all that was, they said the journal which held Zach's confessional letter at the end was like worse really uh, yeah like the journal leading up to the confession no the confession okay you ready for it you have the whole confession not it's not not the whole eight pages we'll be here forever okay yeah <laughs> let's hear it today is monday 16th october 2 a.m i killed her at 1 a.m thursday the 5th october i very calmly strangled her it was very quick halfway through the task I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move on to plan B, the crime scene that you are now in, came after a while. I scare myself not only by the actions of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but by my entire lack of remorse. I've known forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and I've decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 cash I had being happy until I kill myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, and good strippers. Good friends and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock. I had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. Wow. Damn. Yeah. 
Wait, it was eight pages though? Because that seems like a pretty good, like, it seems like a whole letter. And it said eight pages. Wow. I think somewhere else they talked about his kids and like he loved his ex-wife and he's sorry. Yeah. Oh. Damn. It was later revealed in his autopsy that his body was covered in cigarette burns. And in his confession letter, he wrote that he burnt himself once for each year he had been a failure. Damn, okay. Yeah. Um, the couple's friends were shocked when they heard the news, though they said the couple had been unhappy for a while and that they constantly argued, but no one could have predicted such a gruesome ending for either one of them. Yeah. Um, and the tragedy really doesn't end there. The building that their apartment was in held a rather historical landmark for voodoo culture, and I believe all it did was further stigmatize the practice. Uh-huh. Um, Priestess Miriam Voodoo Spiritual Temple is a well-respected and cultural establishment of New Orleans. Many would claim later that the dark voodoo history of the location had something to do with Zach's overwhelming mental illness and violent outburst of right. their relationship. But it's pretty much just like pure coincidence. Yeah. Um, the building is currently being leased by another voodoo priestess who has turned it into a museum for of the paranormal with tours of the apartment. And I wanted to go to it, but the more I looked into it, the like just more disrespectful it felt. Yeah. Cause like it's cleaned up and everything. It's just an apartment. We don't need to go inside to see where somebody's body was. Someone was murdered, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt very disrespectful. So I just, I opted to just like not even bring it up when we were there. Yeah. Didn't feel right. Um it's just Death tourism for the sake of it, kind of, you know? Yeah, it's just, like, unnecessary. It's not really, like, a historical, like, significance, like, maybe, yeah, like, the Lowry Mansion. It's just, like, here's the worst, this is the location of the worst night of two people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it, so right. I felt dirty about it. And, like, while I am writing, or I wrote a whole episode on this to, like, because it is interesting. And it's kind of, like, you know, the point of our podcast. Yeah. I don't want to be the one, like, calling the kettle black, but. And, like, taking, yeah, you know, like, no shame, I guess, but I get you. Yeah. So, anyway, um, the later explo exploitation of this tragic event, like, angered residents in a town that is notoriously, like, well, upright if, about their gruesome past. Well, if you think about it, like, these are just two normal people that everyone knew. Yeah. You know, it's not like, like you said, it's not a historical significance. It's just something that happened and be it due to like a lack of impulse control or like PTSD, of, mental uh, illness. Mental, yeah. Uh, health services. It's like whatever the actual cause was, but you got to think it's related, you know? Yeah. So I get you. Um, and probably like another way is just like it, the way that it was presented and the brochure, I guess, was just tasteless. Yeah. I think they had like a chucky doll and the bride of chucky doll there i was like that's just yeah it's kind of fucked up not great so in the end i found this quote on one of the articles that i was reading for it and i think it fits in really well so i just want to end it on that okay um so stephen king said monsters are real and ghosts are real too they live inside of us and sometimes they win it's a good quote yeah i do love stephen king I'm sure maybe I've mentioned that once <laughs> or twice. So I know this episode was like shorter than all. It's not horribly short though. Some of our other ones, but 
I could have kept going and just like dragged it out, but I didn't want to do I that. I think it was a great episode. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's good. We'll come in next week with something a little bit more cheery, but we had a really good episode last week. We're going to bring it down this week, and the next week we'll kick it off again. I'm just here to say I highly doubt that our topic next week will be cheerful. I don't think we really have cheerful topics on this. I thought the episode of uh, Consuming Mummies were just the most delightful. Okay, well, maybe the tone And I better. shared a great chuckle at it. <laughs> I shared a great chuckle? Yeah. No, but uh, I think that was good. That was a really good episode. Thank you. I liked um, how you just weren't automatically on board with people taking tours of these of this apartment, you know? I liked it's, it. Like, it's a, it feels like exploitation. Yeah, right? Okay, like I enjoy going to like places like that, but I don't want it to be like a dark tourism for the sake of dark it's tourism. Like places with significance, though. You know what I mean? This is just a place where someone killed someone. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to the IHOP and watch see where somebody died. Right. Anyway. Not speaking uh, from events. <laughs> right. Current events. Yeah. Um, either way. Either way. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. You can find all of our links. That we forgot to put at the beginning of the episode. At linktr.ee slash OOPP. As always, you can find us directly at ouroddpodpodcast.com. If you like our intro and outro music, DarrenCurtisMusic.com has a selection of similar and not so similar tunes. <laughs> but yeah, thanks to our patrons. Thanks to everyone who's listening. Yeah. Spread the word. Share the love. You can join our Patreon and get us to New Orleans faster. Yeah. <laughs> if like 100 of you would join our Patreon, <laughs> we'll go to New Orleans. We'll move tomorrow. Tomorrow. No, just kidding. But seriously. Tell your friends. All right. Thanks for listening. As always, we we are are the the Boneses, Boneses, and we are out.